Welcome to the English with Kirsty podcast from www.englishwithkirsty.com. Here I'll be sharing with you tips, information and other learning resources so that you can improve your business English. Welcome to episode 173 of the English with Kirsty podcast. And this week I'm going to talk about exams. And I know that's not relevant for some people, but the word exam can mean a lot of different things. I mean, I know there are some people who are listening to this podcast who are actually taking exams. Maybe there's been some disruption to the exam timetable. Maybe exams have been postponed. But for many language learners, an exam is part of the learning process because you have to pass an exam to get into university or to progress with your course or because your employer requires you to have a certain qualification. Um, but exams don't just have to be about language. I mean, the one that I did that gave me the idea for this piece of content was nothing to do with learning languages. It was um, I um, studying an IT degree at the moment, which is nothing to do with anything I've done before, but it's something that I'm doing part time just in my own time um, because I want to learn it. And some of it is project based, but there are exams and I had one not so long ago. And that gave me the idea for this uh, this podcast episode and the blog post that I wrote on the same topic. Because there's plenty of information about what you should do when you're preparing for an exam, you know, good habits, good things that you have to put in place if you want to do well, which in itself can be a bit of a, a questionable practice because everybody has has different ways of working and different things that work for them. So obviously there are some things that everyone has to do, like learn the material, otherwise you're not going to pass the exam. But the, how you do that, where you do that, and how you break down the information that you need to learn is very much a personal thing because everybody has different learning styles and different ways that are going to work for them. Uh, but that's not what I'm doing here. I'm going to talk about things that you shouldn't do when you're preparing for an exam because it's good to, to focus on the good stuff. But sometimes it's also good to think about the things that you want to try and avoid. And I'm saying this because I caught myself trying to do some of these things when I was preparing for my exam. Um, and yeah, maybe someone can, can learn from these tips because I didn't think I was that bothered about exams. I never enjoyed them at school, but I didn't particularly dread them. I just got on with them. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, nobody loves them, do they? But I don't remember being particularly concerned about them at the time. But now as an adult, I've had lots of years without any kind of exams or tests because we can broaden this out a bit and say, you know, the driving test is a kind of exam or some kind of training, like some shorter course that you're doing for your um, some in-house training at work is also some kind of test. So when I say exam, don't think, oh, well, that's not me then because I'm not not studying for an official qualification. Um, there are sometimes things that you have to do um, that are smaller than exams, but they're still you have to learn some information and prove that you can do a task. So if you don't think automatically, oh, this is me, then there, there may be something that you have to do. So. But these are just general tips for when you're trying to learn something and when you're going to be tested on something or asked to prove that you can do something as well. So I have um, eight things that you shouldn't do if you have an exam. And I'm just going to go through them now. So number one is, especially if it's a timed exam, don't keep looking at the clock because it's really easy to get 
fixed well for me I was so focused on that stupid clock all the time ticking down then I wasn't thinking about what I should be doing so it's good to look at the clock in in some ways to know what time it is because then you don't get so carried away answering one part of the assessment that you don't have time to do all the others I and mean, you need the clock if you're going to have good time management and ensure that you have time to do everything but I'm talking about this this way that you can get so focused on looking at the clock that you it become distracted by it thinking about oh I've only got 50 minutes 40 minutes 35 minutes left and that be can become really distracting and really stressful as well because if you're thinking about that and panicking about that then you haven't got that nice calm mentality thinking about all the things that you know and and focusing on that and doing your your best work so the clock can be your friend but not if you let it take over and just think about the clock Okay, so number two, don't focus on the things that you don't know. So sometimes when you look at the questionnaire, the questionnaire, no, <laughs> look at the question sheet, um, you can start thinking, oh, I don't remember that. I, I don't remember this particular answer or how to do that. And then you start panicking, You're like, what else have I forgotten? I'm never going to do this. Um, and that's, that's not helpful, you know, focus. Sometimes you do have to do things in a specific order, but if you don't, and if there are things that you know you can do quite easily, then there's nothing wrong with doing those first, getting them out of the way and then coming back to the things that you struggle with. So you know that you've at least had use your time to do all the things that you know you definitely can do and then come back to the things that you aren't so sure about. Um, because you may already feel more positive about doing the things that you know you can do and, and you may be in a better frame of mind. But it also means that you don't run out of time before you've done all the things that you know how to do. So don't focus on those things that you're not sure about at the beginning. Try to be um, to be calm and to collect the marks for the things that you know about and that you know how to do. Number three, this is a hard one for me, but don't leave multiple choice answers empty if there's a chance that you could get something right. So sometimes you are penalised for incorrect answers and then obviously it's not good to give an incorrect answer because you will lose marks for it. It really depends on how the assessment is marked and you need to find that out before you go into the assessment, preferably. Um, but in my case, um, you, you wouldn't lose marks for answers that were incorrect. But if I wasn't sure of the answer, my first reaction is just to leave it. I don't know. I don't want to put the wrong answer, so I'm not going to put any answer. But that's not really smart if you can't lose marks, because, for example, if there are four options in the multiple choice question, each one of those is 25% chance of getting it right. And if you can exclude a couple of those, like I don't know the right answer, but I know that C is definitely wrong, then it's three possible answers because you discount C, so it could be A, B or D. So each of those is now 33% chance of getting it right. And whilst I understand the maths, for me, that was a really hard thing for me to do to say, oh, I, I'm not sure. So I'm going to guess because I don't like guessing it's either right or isn't. But sometimes it's a way of picking up extra marks. And if you have nothing to lose, then it's worth doing. Um, and this is number four. Don't forget that with multiple choice, sometimes you can eliminate answers. So this is particularly true of, of language ones too, because sometimes, for example, if you know that you're looking for a verb and you have two verbs, an adjective and an adverb as the possible answers, well, you can ignore the adjective and the adverb because you're looking for a verb. So now you've just got two verbs and that's a 50% chance of getting the right one. So you may still be wrong, but 
you have a better chance now of being right because you've ignored the adjective and the adverb. Number five, don't panic and give up too soon. And again, this is my coming back to my point about don't focus on the things that you don't know. I think sometimes if you are feeling a bit unsure, it can feel a bit overwhelming at the beginning thinking, oh, no, I've got to do this and this and this and I've only got two hours and oh. um, panicking is, is not a friend of doing well in exams. It can steal your energy because while your energy is going into panicking and worrying, your heart starts going faster or you know, you're you're not able to think as clearly. And then that will be means it will be harder for you to do your best work. So it's easy to say don't panic because when has that ever helped anyone to be told not to panic and they're panicking? Sometimes it just makes you feel even worse. But if you can try and focus on something else rather than just thinking, oh, I mustn't panic, that, that can help sometimes. You know, taking some deep breaths or trying to, to focus on something that, that makes you feel more positive, then you can go and start again. But sometimes doing something is better than just sitting there thinking, I don't know anything. <laughs> and this sounds as if all exams are really terrible. I, I don't go into all exams feeling like this. But if there's if you see one question and you think, oh, I can't remember how to do this calculation or I can't remember how um, to put this kind of sentence together or to you know how this particular type of grammar works or you just don't remember how to do something you can go down a rabbit hole feeling a bit uh, negative about yourself and your ability so where you can try not to do that number six don't keep revising until right before the exam and everyone's revision patterns are different um, I've got quite a good short-term memory and that really helps me out with exams because I can retain information for a, a short period of time I'll have forgotten it by next week or the week after but so for me it, it's good to start early but it's also good to to have a look at it maybe the day before because I do have this short-term memory thing going on but if you try to revise too too close to the exam it, it can have the opposite effect and and you know that you've only got half an hour left and you try to do too much and then you begin to question yourself about things that yesterday you, you knew really well. So you have to know yourself really and what works for you, but it's not always a good idea to to be so um, to be revising so close to the actual exam. And that also goes for staying up all night revising, because if you haven't had any sleep, you're going to be really, really tired. And that's not always the best way to to get your best work done. Number seven, don't get so carried away that you go way over the word count. This is more if you're doing the kind of exam where there's an, an essay part to it, or you have to write about something or explain something or express an idea about something. Um, there are usually word counts for that. And often anything above that word count is discarded. So you're, you're not going to do yourself any favours by writing way over the word limit because some markers will just ignore everything after the the allowed number of words so think about that but also think about how you're going to structure your answer because if you write a really long introduction and that's 50% of your word allocation then that introduction is too long and you will have just wasted time you're going to have to get rid of part of it so you've got enough words left to write the main part of your answer the conclusion so it's really worth trying to, to structure that at the beginning and thinking, OK, I need this many words for my introduction or um, I can't 
use up all my words before I've got to my conclusion, something like that. So it's, it's worth thinking about how you're going to structure it and also how many words you have to start with because some markers are quite strict. Also, it's important not to go off on a crazy tangent because if you get so focused on a point that you think is really interesting but it's not the main thing that the examiners are looking for and that you can use a lot of your words up expanding on that point and explaining it but if that's not what they want to read about then you're not going to get points for that. And number eight, make sure you know exactly what the question is asking because you'll get no points for answering the wrong question or it can be it can be big things like that you know you've you've seen a word that you recognize you think oh it's about this and it's not it's it's just that's relevant to the question but that's not the question you thought it was or um you know you can lose marks for just having the wrong measurement or the wrong unit because you didn't you didn't read that properly if if you're doing like um some of the the science or IT based exams if you don't read that properly what exactly are they looking for then you can lose marks just because you, you didn't read the question properly or if you didn't read all the things that they want you to do for the question, you miss one out. It doesn't matter that the rest of it's right. You could have got an extra point if you'd spent a little bit longer looking at what exactly all those minor points or sub points were of the original question. And it's also worth thinking about that um, just to be to be clear that you've answered everything so read the question again so obviously you need to read it before you can answer it but just read it through again and think have I answered everything that they've mentioned here um, because if not then there's a chance to put that right before you hand the final thing in. So I hope those tips have been useful I hope that you've um, if you are going to do an exam in the near future that there'll be something there that you can learn from or that you can take from this experience they're not generally planned to try and trip you up or to make your life hard. It's a way of testing what you know. And some people naturally do better in exams than others, which is why it's good that sometimes we have project based exams or other ways of testing what people know. But if you do have to attend a timed exam and complete that, then I hope that some of these tips will help you to prepare for that. And if this is the case that you're doing that, then I wish you all the best with your studies. So have a good week and have fun learning English. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the English with Kirsty podcast. If you have any questions or comments, my email address is kirsty at englishwithkirsty.com or you can go to www.englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast where you'll find information about the individual episodes. 